want to jump in and move quickly on a subject that I, that I really like preaching about. And uh, this is in our series, Take It Back, Part 3. This is also, if you didn't know, this is, this is uh, the day of Pentecost. This is Pentecost Sunday, which represents really the church's birthday. Pentecost, Pente means 50, which is 50 days after Easter, or after Jesus raised from the dead, 50 days later, all of the apostles are up in the upper room. Jesus said, wait in the upper room, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. They're waiting there. The Holy Spirit came. That was the birthing of the early church. So I want to talk to you for a couple minutes Excuse me, about the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us to take back our families. Practical, spiritual. Here's the spiritual part of it. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, this is really important. This is not something that you say after your family serves the Lord. As for me and my house, we have served, past tense, the Lord. This is a posture and a declaration of what is to come. So we are saying, as for me and my house, we will, future, we will serve the Lord. And this is what we've been talking about in this series is we're taking back the family. It starts with giving the family back in an act of surrender to the Lord. And I know even today we have all kinds of families that are represented. We've got blended families. We have broken families. We have single moms, single dads. We've got all kinds of different, uh, respon- different experiences represented. And I want you to know this. We talked about this last week. God is not concerned or he's not obsessive about what you've lost. He cares about what you've lost. But what you've lost doesn't disqualify you from what God wants to do. So we talked about this last week, is that God wants you to focus on what you have left. And God will use what you have left and turn it into legacy. Some of you say, well, I don't know how I'm going to have a legacy if I don't have this, or I don't have her, or if I don't. No, God will use what you have left, and he'll turn it around, and he'll make a legacy out of it. In, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 This is after they've been in the upper room. The power of the Holy Spirit shows up. And Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to stop right now. We have all kinds of different backgrounds represented in the room and different understandings of who the Holy Spirit is. But I want you to show you something in the book of Acts. It says, I want you to receive the gift. So it's a gift. So this is really good news for all of us. Some of us are like scared of like, oh man, the Holy Spirit. This is good news. God gave the Holy Spirit not as a scare tactic, not, not to the charismaniacs, not, not just to the Pentecostals. He gave the Holy Spirit to us as a gift. Man, that's incredible. If God's giving gifts, I'm in. So this is the gift that he gave the early church, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the, the promise, so it was a prom, it was promise that the helper would come, the Holy Spirit would come, is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call, which that encompasses everybody. So for all of those people that are like, the Holy Spirit is just for some, they've never, they've never read that verse. Because it's for you, for your kids, for all who are far off, and for whoever else the Lord may call. It's like it throws it all into the bundle. I, 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 want, I want to focus on one part. For you and your children. Do you know that God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit for you 
and for you, let me just say this way, for you and your household, that the gift of the Holy Spirit was given for us in our families, in our marriages, as we raise children, as we navigate the craziness that is life, God gives us the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. This is when the Holy Spirit came. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Some of you are like, man, the, the music's too loud. Can you imagine this? It gets worse. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Church is boring compared to the upper room. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. How many? Just so we know. Okay. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So how many spoke in tongues? All. That was a little bit less convincing, but it's all right. It's what it says, as the Spirit enabled them. Now, this is what the scripture is saying, is saying that when the Holy Spirit came, every single person was affected. That the Holy Spirit came to all, A-L-L, everybody. Now, my, my, my wife, she, she got a car years ago. We've had the same one for a little while, and, and um, I like her car a lot. It, it looks really nice, and um, I like to drive it. And uh, I, had, I had driven it a couple of times over the years. I got my own car. She drives her car, and um, I keep my car in a different condition than she keeps her car, so it didn't, it, 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 I'm not able to drive hers as often. I can't have anything. My car needs to look like it just came off the lot. D- just the other day, she goes, she goes, oh, I need a napkin. And she's like, oh, wait, no, you don't have anything in this car. I'm like, no, I actually have a napkin today. She's like, you have a napkin in your car? That's, that's how I like it. I like it just clean like that. She likes to, like, travel with things. It's a different mindset, philosophy. So I was in her car, and um, I was, you know, folding laundry. and no, I was in her car, and, and, and we were driving, and, and, and I realized there was a button on her car that I'd never seen before. And, and this is years ago. I saw this button. It said sport mode. And I'm like, wait a second. How many times have I driven this car and never knew there was a sport mode? And so I pressed that sport mode, and then it just, like, the whole attitude of the car changes. I think my attitude changed too, but I felt like the attitude of the car changed. It was just like, like a little meaner, a little more aggressive. I started driving a little more aggressive. I got a little more pep in my step. It's a little faster acceleration, more power. I'm like, this, this is crazy. I have a couple questions. One, how did I never know there was a sport mode? Secondly, why would ever, anyone ever not use sport mode? Some of y'all are crazy, like economy mode. Come on. Comfort mode? Like, what is that? Get off the road. You're the ones that are frustrating me. You're in my way. I'm trying to get somewhere. I need all the sport motors to drive together, all right? Everyone else on economy mode, just like take the back roads. But I, 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 found, I found sport mode. I'm like a different person. This is, I didn't tell the other service this, but the, I found the sport mode, and it was just a couple weeks later, I got a ticket in her, in her car. I've never got a ticket in my car. I get a ticket in her car because of sport mode. It's just, it's, it, it changes you. And I, I was praying about a series I was doing on the Holy Spirit years ago, and I felt like the Lord began to talk to me about this, this sport mode. The Holy Spirit is the sport mode on your natural life. It, you don't become a different person. I didn't become a different person. Well, my attitude changed a little bit. But the car didn't change. It's the same car. I didn't go into autopilot. The car started driving me. The car didn't start, like, waving flags and doing a dance in the parking lot. 
The car didn't start speaking in a different language. It didn't, not, it just, it still was, I still could control the temperature. I could, still could steer it. I still could accelerate, put on the brakes. But I had access to a level that I didn't have before. I had access to a dimension and to power that I never had experienced before. And it was all because the flip of a, of a switch. And it was, this is the crazy thing, it was there the whole time. I want, I want you to know something about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's been there the whole time. And God gave his Holy Spirit as a promise to you and as a gift to you. And the truth of the matter is all of us have different types of backgrounds and experience different types of teachings. And there's a couple different groups of people. One is some people don't even know there is a sport mode. You're like me. You didn't even know. Like, wait, there, there's more? There's more to this. I had a lady years ago, she said, Pastor Dustin, I keep on hearing you say God spoke to me. I didn't know God could speak. Just people at different levels in their relationship with God. Not only can he speak, he speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. Some people just don't even know. Some people don't want to know. They're like, man, I, I, I like my little church. I like my little songs, my little parking spot, my little spot right here on the pew. That's where I'm going to stay. I like my hymn book. I like, that's fine. It's fine. It's good. Nothing wrong with it. But they don't even want to know that there is more. Maybe it's been a bad experience. Maybe it's been some type of teaching that's been wrong, but they don't even want to know. So just, I'm just going to stick to my nice, safe, I call it, I'm going to just stay on comfort mode. I'm concerned that too many Christians are just living their life on comfort mode. And they're worried about their families or their marriages that are in crisis, and they're too scared to access the power that's available to them. The Holy Spirit didn't come just to be fancy. The Holy Spirit didn't come just to, because Jesus wasn't like cool enough, so let's add the Holy Spirit in there. Jesus, the Holy Spirit didn't come because Jesus wasn't strong enough. The Bible says that Jesus himself said, it's better for me to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. He says, I've got to go. I've lived this earth as a man. I've, I've shown you how to live a sinless life. I've died. I now have rose from the dead. I'm going back, but I'm sending you help. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I want you to see the Holy Spirit synonymously with these things, sport mode and help. How many of you think like in some area of your life you need some help right now? You just say, I, I, could, I could use a little bit of help. God loves you and knows that and has provided help for you. There is a war like never before over our families, and God did not leave us without help. In fact, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, but you will receive power. Oh, I like that. You will receive sport mode when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. I like to say it this way. I'm going to write a book someday like called this. This is going to be my title. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. Because this is the truth about the Holy Spirit. Some weird people get filled with the Holy Spirit and they're still weird. And then people are like, my gosh, the Holy Spirit's weird. Well, it's, it's not. You, you're weird. We can, we can, okay, let's, let's back up. This is too much. It's too far. If you're not weird, and you can feel the Holy Spirit. You don't become weird. Now, th th this, is, this is the truth. 
one of our campus pastors in Frisco, he, he bought a car with a sport mode. has a sport mode. He's really happy about it, proud of it. And um, he likes to show it off. And so we got in the car. We're going to go to a birthday lunch with him. We're going to birthday lunch. And he's in it. He wants to show off his car to me. And so he knows about sport mode and how I like sport mode. And, and he gets in that car, and the dude's a, the dude's a maniac. Like, He's driving, I'm, my prayer life is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm like, I'm praying in tongues. I, I got the, I mean, I'm like, this is, what, this guy is going to, this guy's going to kip us. This is crazy. Now, same sport mode, different driver. He's out of control. <laughs> I'm a little fast, but more in control. Your, the Holy Spirit on your life is not going to change who you are. So, so many people, they're scared of the Holy Spirit, like, taking them over, and all of a sudden, they just morph into this crazy per- You're not going to tr- change into a crazy person unless. You- Don't use the Holy Spirit as an excuse for your craziness. Come on now. We got, we, got, we got to be careful. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. You know, it's interesting, the disciples, I mean, Jesus had his disciples, and, and he loved his disciples, but he picked some crazy people. He picked these fishermen. He picks a tax collector. He picks, and this is how the disciples operated. They were always making mistakes. It wasn't like he picked 12 of the best. It seems like he picked, like, 12 misfits. I mean, you remember when he fed the 5,000, and they're, like, looking around like, man, there's a lot of people here. Where's the food? Where's the food? This is what I would have been doing. I've been like, uh, did we really plan a three-hour service and no lunch? I mean, that's, where is the food? And Jesus goes, you go ahead and feed them. They're like, whoa, what, us, what? You know, I mean, they're just, they're thrown out. This is how they were. They were timid. You remember the Last Supper? They're sitting around. Jesus says, somebody's going to deny me. And Peter's like, oh, yeah, not me, Jesus. I'm your, I got your back. I'm your ride or die till we die. I mean, it's like, I mean, this is just like he's saying he'll never. A couple hours later, he's denying that he knows him. So these disciples were timid. They, 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 they fell asleep when Jesus, remember when Jesus is in the garden and he's praying, this is a crazy story, he's sweating drops of blood, it's a pretty serious time, probably a time for the disciples to rally around him, you know, his intercessory prayer base to stand with him. Two times he comes back, the disciples are just out, sound asleep. These dudes are falling asleep, they're timid, they ran from conflict, they're asking crazy questions all the time. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. It's like, you know, that's a bad rebuke from Jesus. It's like, man, that was, I thought there was no dumb questions. That one was, apparently. <laughs> get behind me, Satan. What's crazy is the, all the disciples are in the upper room. Acts chapter 2. Same crazy people, same scared people, same wild questions in the upper room. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same crazy people, Peter, who ran from conflict, Peter, who is always saying stupid stuff, all of a sudden stands up and begins to preach. The same disciples, after filled with the Holy Spirit, are bold. They run into conflict. Almost all of them were martyred for their faith. Multiple accounts in in the scripture says that they prayed throughout the entire night. They they started giving answers. They had wisdom. What changed? How do you take 12 misfits and all of a sudden now they're preaching willing to die when they were running scared a couple days earlier? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. When they were baptized, you will receive power. You will receive power. 
Corey Tim Boom says this, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. This thing becomes way easier when we accept the help that God has provided for each and every one of us. This is what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is given to help us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's given to teach us. You ever, you ever felt like you were underqualified? You ever knew, just felt like, man, I, I mean, I could use some teaching. He's our teacher. He is our comforter. You ever went through pain, heartache, heartbreak? He's our, our comforter. You ever been mad at God because of some of the things you went through? This, this is crazy. We're mad at God sometimes about some of the crisis that we walk through. And, man, God, my heart's broken. I'm in so much pain. And we fail to recognize that God put sport mode, or in this case, he brought healing for the pain that we're enduring. That there is a, there is a healer. There is a helper. There is a comforter. There is a counselor. The Greek word for the Holy Spirit is parakletos. Where we get our word paraklete, and it means this. It means one who comes alongside. In the Greek, I love that there's pictures that really illustrate sometimes what the words are saying. This is the picture of the paraclete, is somebody who links arms and walks together. So I want you to picture this. Wherever you go, you link arms with the Holy Spirit. So you don't go to a job interview by yourself. You don't go into a fight by yourself. You don't go into your family, your house by yourself. Everywhere you go. People say, man, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. We love that scripture. He will never leave us or forsake us. Do you know how that is made manifest? By the Holy Spirit. The, the one that never leaves you, secret, the one that never forsakes you, is the Holy Spirit. You've probably been interacting with the Holy Spirit more than you thought. Because everything that God does on the earth is empowered by his Holy Spirit. Now, what does this have to do with the family? I want to tell you this. There's a couple things I want to walk through as we begin to wind down about the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. If you need help in your marriage, he's your help. You need help in your parenting, he's your help. You need help in your job, he's your help. He is the helper. He's the sport mode on your natural life. So I want to talk about this. The function, the function of the Holy Spirit in the family is exactly what we're talking about. The function of the Holy Spirit in the family is our helper. John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. I like that word, advocate. The Holy Spirit is our advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Oh, this is powerful. The function of the Holy Spirit is to be with you and in you. Jesus wanted to give us more than hope. He wanted to give us help. If you felt lost today, if you feel discouraged, if you feel like there's no way out for your relationship or your family, Jesus didn't just provide hope for eternity. He also provided help for today. And that help is in the power, that's the function of the Holy Spirit. It is to help us. We need to teach our families, and the functional, we need to teach our families that the relationship is not a Sunday thing. You need to normalize Christianity in your home. If you're going to take your family back, it cannot be, it's Easter. The kids are like, what? We're going to church. We go to church. No, we go to church every Sunday. 
This is why we do this a priority. We get in the atmosphere. We get into the people of God. We get, but church is not it. We also have relationship at home. You know, you have the you have super spiritual guests over, or you have the pastors over for dinner, and, and, uh, and, and then you say, Johnny, can you pray? We're like, we don't pray. Why are you praying? He's like, no, we do. We pray every, we pray every, you know, you try to turn it on. You got to normalize your Christian life. This is no, my mom, when we were growing up, she, she was so fun. She was, she, everything's spiritual. So I'd lose my keys, and she'd be like, Holy Spirit, where are his keys? I'm like, that's weird, Mom. And then she'd find them, which is crazy. Park, parking spot, right? She, she'd be like, Holy Spirit, give me a parking spot. And I'm like, Mom, there's other people that are trying to get parking spots too. I mean, like, that's, don't, that's, you can't use your spiritual powers to try to take the front row parking spot. But everything, she incorporated dependence on the Holy Spirit. You know how we live? We live, do it in our own strength, try to find the parking spot, try to find the keys, try to cure ourselves, and then when nothing else works, all right, guys, it's time to pray. We have to, nor if you're going to take your family back, he can't be a 911 call. He's, he's, he's got to be everyday dependence. It has to be normal to call on the Lord. It has to be normal to rely on. He, his function is helper. So you have to rely on him for help. The function of the Holy Spirit. As you lead your families, you are not alone or ill-equipped. You have a helper. The function of the Holy Spirit. Now, the second thing is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, we could talk. And we will, later in the year, we'll talk more about the, the, the depths of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, your prayer language of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues, we'll talk about all of those things. But today, this is, this is like the beginning stages for how you take your family back, is recognizing that there is help that's available. Now, this is, this is really key. So a lot of people, when they talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, they can remember when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they remember a time. I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was at a summer camp, and uh, man, I prayed. I, I remember the whole thing. But, but here's, here's the problem, is that for many of us, that experience is the only experience. So remember, oh, 23 years ago, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Have you been filled lately? Because this is what I found out about Christians. We leak. So maybe we were filled once, but we need to be refilled over and over and over again. You will bear fruit out of your life from what you filled your life with. So we have families all around that say, I want a peaceful home, but the only thing we fill ourselves with is chaos, anger, and impatience. If that's what you're feeding on, if that's what you're filling yourself with, that's the fruit that you're going to see. That, that's what you're going to see. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many know the days are evil? We live in crazy times. There's warfare over our homes. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, it says, rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not, a, not as much about alcohol as it is about content, that what I'm relying on to live on. So I'm feeling myself, if I fill myself with the Spirit, the Bible says this, sow to the flesh, reap from the flesh. Sow to the Spirit, reap from the Spirit. What are you filling yourself with? In, in, in your home, in the atmosphere of your house, what are you filling the atmosphere with? 
What kind of negativity or what kind of positivity, what kind of music, what kind of entertainment is filling your home? Because this feeling is important and we should make this feeling daily. It's not just a one-time experience. It's a daily dependence. It's every day I say, God, you are my helper. God, you are my strength. You're my comforter. You're my teacher. And I rely on you. This is the feeling. The feeling is not like in 19, no. Today, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Today, I rely on the Holy Spirit. And this is where I think people get into trouble is because they operate in the gifts of the Spirit and they got the flash and they got all of this, the pizzazz, but they don't have the character or the fruit because that is a byproduct of connection. And that is a daily getting before God and connecting. You know, it's, it's hard. I'm just going to tell you, it, this, is, this is hard to do, but it's hard to be in a fight. In your family, it's hard to be in a fight. Take a break from the fight, connect with the Holy Spirit, and then go back and continue the fight. It's also hard to take the break from the fight. <laughs> I don't know if you ever experienced that. <laughs> but if you did that, it changed your life. Did you know I, I can tell in my own life if I'm connected or if I'm not? I can tell if I'm full or if I'm empty. And when I'm empty, I operate different than when I'm full. Uh, the function of the Holy Spirit is to help the filling of the Holy Spirit is daily. Now, I want to close with this. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about all the pizzazz at another time because everyone's like, I want to talk about the gifts. That's good. We'll, we'll get there. There's something that actually comes before the gifts. A gift can be given to a good person and to a bad person. But fruit always exposes what it's connected to. Fruit is the byproduct of connection. I, an apple doesn't just pop up out of the ground. An apple comes from a tree because it's connected to an apple tree, which has its roots in the ground. It's, 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 a, it's a byproduct of connection. The fruit of the Spirit. Let me just read this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, and if you know me, you know I love the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, anybody convicted, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is what I think people think. I think if, 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 you, if you're not, if, you're, if you have patience, then you must not have evil desires. If you have self-control, then you must not have a temper problem. No, that's, that's not true. Everybody has evil desires and passions and urges. But the writer says, I crucify those things that are wrong, those that are evil, those that are hurtful, and I connect to the Spirit. Now this is wild. It says this right here. It says, I don't know if you can see it on the screens, but it says, but the, is this singular or plural? The fruit, it doesn't say the fruits, peace, patience, kindness, it's the fruit. So I don't, this is how many Christians work. I'm going to get better at self-control. Come on. Come on. That's how I, you know, be more gentle. Be more, it doesn't work. Because I'm trying to pull out a fruit of something that is a collective package. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is connection to the vine. And when I'm connected to Him and I'm filled by Him, then I produce fruit from Him. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And if I'm connected to Him, I'll operate in the fruit. And people go around flashing their gifts around. But they have no fruit. You know what I think is a destroyer of the family? Is when we're super spiritual about the gifts and we're super lacking in the fruit. It'd be better, fathers, if you never prophesied over your son, but you showed him fruit. It'd be better if you didn't stand up at the head of the table and talk about how you're the head of the table and you're the spiritual leader. It'd be way better if you showed him love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I can give a murderer a gift. You can give anybody a gift. You can't grow fruit from a corrupted vine. So when someone has fruit, this is, this is why Jesus says, by their fruit, you will know. This is why it's so important. In the fa- if we're going to take our family back, instead of the pizzazz and the, the Sunday attendance and all those things which are good and the gifts and all, all that's important, but you better have fruit. Because the fruit is the one thing that we can look at and say they're connected to the vine. The fruit is the one thing we can look at and say they are filled with the Spirit of God. The fruit is the one thing that we can stand back in awe of and say they must be connected to God because they have the same problems, they have the same stress, they have the same difficulties, but yet they operate in a different way. The fruit of the Spirit. I think I'm going to do a series one year on the fruit of the Spirit. Year, like 52 straight weeks on the fruit of the Spirit. God-connected life. Because when we lose connection is when we lose fruit. So if I am on edge, if I'm a little bit irritable, you know what I need to do? Instead of try to control all the scenarios around me, I need to go find my prayer closet, and I need to get connected. Oh, there. Connection. I think that there's so many different scriptures about the Holy Spirit and so many different teachings about the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to give you like 101 today. 101 is he's here to help. And he's a gift. Zechariah says this, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You can try to have a good marriage and a good family all in your own strength, and maybe you'll succeed and maybe you won't. But I'll tell you this. For me, not by my own might and not by my own power, that doesn't work. I need the Spirit of God. I need a helper and I need a teacher. I need a comforter. I need sport mode on my natural life. I need need access to another dimension. I need access to another level. And this is the crazy thing. This is how Jesus tells us to receive the Holy Spirit. Because people are like, well, what do I have to do for this? What kind of connect classes do I got to go through to get the, the Holy Spirit? Luke chapter 11 says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Really an extreme example. But if he asks for an egg, yeah, can I have a couple fried eggs? Will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wait, that's all it is? I thought it was like, I had to come to revival night and I had to, no, you gotta ask. So how are we gonna close today? Super simple, like super simple. 
And I felt like it was really important to do this as part of our family series and outside of a, a series on the Holy Spirit because people love to focus and fixate on the pizzazz, the power, the fire, tongues of fire, the wind. Blow. And, and I, I just want to like simplify it that God said, you know what? These people need a Savior. I'm going to send Jesus. But then the life, life is pretty difficult, so I think they're going to need some help. I'll send the Holy Spirit. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. God so loved the saints that he sent the Holy Spirit. We've got help. We've got, you've got help. Well, I don't know. My family situation's pretty crazy. You think God's like thrown off by your family situation? No, the Holy Spirit has help and comfort. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that we can just, just fly through it, no problems. It means that we have something to rely on, something to lean on, something to pull on, something to draw from. He's our dependent. I can be filled with his Holy Spirit. I can bear fruit from my God-connected life, but he is my, he is my helper, and he gives to whoever asks of him.